Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. song. Come on, Jack, sing on. Jack had a, a dance all practiced, and he just got a little shy today. So, Lion King. All right, be honest. Who's seen the new Lion King already? Oh, man, what a bummer. All right, uh, we got to see the showtime. Maybe we should all go this afternoon, huh? Come on. All right, I'm getting that old when they're starting to make movies that our kids haven't seen yet. Like, what? what's Lion King? What was that movie? No, I'm just kidding. They've seen it. But you know you're getting old when they're starting to remake movies you grew up with, huh? Man, you guys are quiet today. Come on. Come on with me. It's not that hot. I know it's 75 in here, but it's, uh, all right, who's hot? Raise your hand. Who's cold? Raise your hand. No one's cold today. That's a miracle. That hasn't happened ever. Oh, well, well that's March. <laughs> hey, it was even hot for her yesterday, she said. So uh, uh, so no one's cold? Man, we need to take a picture and, and uh, remember this. I don't think that's ever happened. So we usually have some people are freezing, some people are sweating. So it is a little stuffy. I apologize. Just pretend. You're in Slovakia, all right? This is how it was, except they didn't have air. They had, they may have had some fans. The windows were closed. No fans were going. It was stuffy. So this is this is you're in Slovakia right here, right, Vince? This feels like this feels like the homeland here, and uh, so uh, so just can't wait to be king. I do like that song. Of all the songs of Lion King, that was one of my favorite growing up. So uh, I did have the original CD. I think my sister. Still, I mean, borrowed it, so uh, uh, she should be here next week, so you can ask her about that. Do you still have uh, Pastor's Lion King CD? So they're they're supposed to come visit next weekend. So everyone having a, a nice summer so far? It's a hot summer, and uh, I, I appreciate your patience with us. Every week, it looks, sounds, and feels differently in here, doesn't it? And there's always a new bug we're trying to get out. And uh, we thought we had things already Wednesday night. We're like, okay, we're ready for Sunday. Then we came in here and everything was different. So everything sounded different. So we've been chasing bugs all morning. So we do appreciate, I'm, I'm just, I appreciate that the, the microphone's working. The sound system's working right now. So praise the Lord. And keep praying. Our, our project is really, man, I, you can see, maybe it doesn't look different to you, but for those of us that have been working hard, it's it's looking like it's coming together. So a few more weeks, a carpet comes in, they start installing our carpet August 12th. So we need to get kind of get everything buttoned up for that and then the carpet and then things will be just about finished for that. So we're we're excited for it to be finished, you know. It's been a long journey. Uh, uh, not just a construction but a lot of 
planning, you know, meetings and your budget at times, things. And as you can see in the bulletin, as, as Pastor just mentioned, uh, $3,000, that's just kind of what we're short. So if you're able to give, pray for that. And uh, that's awesome. So we're, we're believing God to provide for that. We can pay all the contractors, pay for all the supplies, and be we can move on to bigger and brighter things for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So you might ask, why in the world did we start out with a Lion King song? So I want to talk about ambition and fear today for a few minutes. And ambition and fear. So that song, so who remembers the part of the movie that song comes from? All right, let me see your Disney fanhood here, all right? Who who's knows The Lion King? All right, so let me hear. What part of the movie does that song happen? What's taking place? He's just a little cub, right? But... What's his name? Simba. All right, we're getting some theological talk today, so be be ready. This is theology right here. No, I'm just kidding. So Simba, and Simba is to be the what? The next king, right? So he starts to get a little ambitious, right? He starts to think, you know what? I don't like being told what to do. I want to tell others what to do, and I just can't wait to be king, right? We're going to talk about King David again today. And I think there was probably parts of David's life. He's like, man, I'm already anointed to be king. I'm not king yet. Saul's still king. He's doing wacky things. He's trying to kill me, but I just can't wait to be king, right? Jesus, help us today. Help us to hear your word, to read your word, to understand your word. Help us to obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture that we've been kind of rehearsing the last, I guess this is only week two, but we're in a series called Play to the Whistle. And growing up playing football, it was, oh, it was grained in us. Play to the whistle, play to the whistle. And I shared this a few weeks ago, but our coach, coaches always says, you don't, you don't give up on a tackle, you don't give up on a play until you hear the whistle. Because when the whistle blows, the play is dead, right? But until the whistle blows, you, you better keep blocking, you better keep running, you better keep tackling until you hear that whistle. And Acts chapter, what is it, 13 on your notes there, it says this, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he heard the whistle. He fell asleep, which in biblical terms, that means he passed away. He died. He, he went into glory, right? So it says, when David served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. So the idea we're, we're reminding ourselves with or meditating on is we need to serve God until he calls us homeward. We need to play to the whistle, if you will. We need to keep pursuing God. No matter week one, we talk about our age. No matter our age, whether we feel we're like Simba, we're too young, or whether we feel like we're maybe too in the middle, or maybe we feel like we're too in the, in the older part of our season. God wants to use you no matter how young you are, no matter how middle-aged you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how weak you might feel, God continues. He wants to use you. He has a purpose for your life until you hear that last trumpet, until you hear that whistle, until God calls you heavenward, you know, into glory. You, God wants you 
to be used by him. He wants you to serve his purposes in your generation. You know what? David did. David served God's purposes in his generation. He wants you to serve his purposes in your generation. So week one, we talk about age. We looked at the life of David as a young shepherd boy, right? And he was anointed king, but he wasn't the first chosen, right? His dad says, you know, here's all my sons. And, you know, he was kind of hiding David away. David was just, he didn't even think about that. And Samuel comes to anoint the king. And he's like, all right, you know, this isn't the king and that's not the king. Yeah, he's tall and handsome and strong and he's not the king. And he's, he kind of gets confused. He's like, is this all your sons? And he's like, well, not really, but I still have the youngest. He's, but he's, he's out shepherding sheep. And, you know, he didn't even consider David to be, you know, qualified or, you know, to, to, be, to be king. But Samuel says, well, bring him here. And he says, surely this is the next king. This is the king of Israel. And so he anoints him. And, and then right from there, he goes into the battle of David and Goliath. You know, that famous story where, where there's this little boy and there's this big giant. And, and the king Saul's like, you're too little to beat this big giant. And there was this age gap of, and there was even this height gap and strength gap and all these obstacles in David's way. But he wouldn't let that stop him from fulfilling God's purposes for his life. So we can't be too young. We can't be too old. Today we want to look at the idea of ambition. Don't let ambition or fear stop you from serving God's purposes. Don't let ambition or fear stop you from serving God's purposes. So let's do a little rehearsal. First Samuel 16, we see David is anointed king of Israel. Next chapter, we just said, 1 Samuel 17, David kills Goliath. All of a sudden, 1 Samuel 18, King Saul, who is the current king of Israel, he gets a little paranoid. He gets a little jealous of David. Let's, let's skip over there. 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel 18 in the Old Testament, Joshua judges Ruth, 1 Samuel, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings. 1 Samuel chapter 18. David's anointed king. King Saul is the current king. David kills Goliath. And then it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 18, starting with verse number 5. Whatever Saul sent him, him being David, to do. David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. It kind of reminds me of the story of Joseph that Pastor Jess shared on last week. Joseph, no matter what he did, whether he was in the prison, whether he was at Potiphar's house, whether whatever he did, God gave him favor. Same thing with David. God's anointed it was upon David no matter what he did, God's favor was with him. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing with joyful songs with tambourines, just imagine that. They were just, you know, they're just having a good old time. You know, 
As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Ouch. Ego, ego, radar, radar. Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. All of a sudden, Saul's like, wait a second, who's, who's the king here? Who, who's, who's in charge here? Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? He becomes paranoid. He becomes jealous. And it says from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Saul kept a jealous eye on David. We can see where Saul's ambition began to lead him into, uh, you know, in a territory that was the wrong direction. He was a king, man. He wanted to keep his kingdom. He wanted to keep his power. He wanted, and so fear and ambition led Saul to be jealous, to be, you know, not trusting of David. Skip over to verses 28 and 29 of that same chapter. It says, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David, and then his daughter Michael, uh, his daughter Michael loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. So his paranoia, his jealousy led to anger, and he became his enemy. You see how that just grows, you know? It just, something takes place, and something happens, and man, maybe, you, you know, you got that promotion, but then someone else is promoted over you, and you get a little jealous, and you get a little, well, man, I wish it was me, and man, that should be me, and all of a sudden, that grows into a little resentment, and, and then the anger, and then all of a sudden, that person is your enemy. See how the enemy works that? It starts with something very small. It started with success. David started to have success. David started to have success. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Because even as believers, sometimes it's easy to get jealous of people who rejoice. Man, why is that happening for them? Why, why is that job working for them? Why is their marriage working out? Why is this family going? But mine is struggling. God says, rejoice, be grateful, thank the Lord for all the good things that he does. And so we see in 1 Samuel 19, David begins to run for his life because the king is after him. King Saul was out to kill David. So that's where we're at. 1 Samuel, let's skip over to chapter 24. David's on the run for his life. Reminds you of the Lion King, too. We're going to just go over the Lion King today. It's kind of a common theme here. And uh, Simba, what happens? So he sings that song, just can't wait to be king. And then what does he do? His ambition leads to disobedience, right? So his father said to stay out of where? Anyone remember? Oh, this is, come on, what's it called? Come on. The elephant graveyard. Nice, nice. So Pride Rock is a safe place 
the elephant graveyard is not safe, right? So he says, Simba, stay away from, but, oh, Dad, I want it. Oh, Dad, you know, I just remember that voice. And, and so he wanders into the elephant graveyard. Ambition leads him to this disobedience. And what happens? Mufasa, this is, a, I remember the first time. Has anyone not seen the movie? Because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. Maybe I shouldn't give it away. Has, has everyone seen Lion King? Has anyone not? Yeah, any of them. God, I just would hate to ruin it for you because I remember the first time I watched this, it was like, it was a tearjerker. You know, that point in the movie where you're like, I did not expect that as a seven-year-old, you know. Like, someone died in a cartoon. That would just, I mean, Bambi happened and now Mufasa. So Simba disobeys. He's in the elephant graveyard and what, the, the, the herd of animals come. And how many are f- freaked out that I know a little too much about Lion King? I haven't even watched Lion King in, it's probably been a few, when did we watch it? It was probably, probably seven months ago, six months ago. It's been a little while. We ran it to the library. But anyway, so he, he, he's in the gra- elephant graveyard, and the, the, the herd of something happens. No, it's the, the hippos or something. The wild, the wildebeest or something. Something nasty. They just come, and, and the dad goes to save him, and the dad dies, right? Simba's on the tree looking down, and he blames himself. It's kind of, you know, it's just that moment in, in the story where, like, what's going to happen here, you know? And so Simba's ambition leads to disobedience, leads to this feeling of guilt. Man, I just killed my dad. And so he, he goes off. He, he's on the run. He's, he feels like he just he needs, needs a take off. So David is running for his life for another reason. Someone else is trying to kill him. King Saul's on the hunt for the soon-to-be king. David, 1 Samuel chapter 24, starting with verse number uno. After Saul returned from f- pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the, de- <clears throat> excuse me, the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. All right, this is redneck territory here, man. He's going up into the mountains, the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there, and Saul went in to relieve himself, all right? I don't need to give explanatory commentary on that. I think we all understand he's going to relieve himself there in the cave, all right? There was no porta johns in first century BC. Okay, David went, or Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. Okay, they were already in the cave, deep in the cave, and Saul comes to relieve himself. And the men said, "Hey, psst, this is the day the Lord spoke of when He said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish.'" When you have ambition already and then voices are telling you this is the time. God's called you. God's anointed you. Maybe this is, this is your moment. Be careful who's, which voices you listen to. When you're ambitious to serve and do what God has called you to do, sometimes it's voices that say, you know what, you just take this in your own hands. And so David, he, he creeps up unnoticed and, and he cuts off a corner of Saul's ear. No. He cuts off Saul's leg, and he bleeds out. No. He cuts off a corner of Saul's robe. 
Afterward, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Ambition. Ambition. Ambition defined as this, a strong desire to do or to achieve something. Ambition. Sometimes we hear that word, we think it's negative, right? Maybe when you say, we're going to talk about ambition, you're like, oh, here we go. I need to repent of being ambitious. Ambition isn't always bad, all right? Sometimes the opposite of ambition is, is sinful, just like slothful. Oh, whatever, I'm just not going to do anything. Ambition is a drive to do or to achieve something. So maybe the goal it depends maybe on the goal of that ambition. Maybe it depends on how you're carrying that ambition now or what that looks like in your life. But ambition isn't bad as long as it's rooted in what God has for you and it causes you to make wise decisions along the way because oftentimes ambition can lead you to make unwise decisions because what our pride gets in the way our ego and our impatience you know david was anointed king as a boy and now he's here you know waiting he's just waiting to be king and he's being chased he's being hunted down like a wild beast right and he could have said you know what i'm the next king i'm gonna take out this king and he could have he could have taken things into his own hand he could have done an abraham thing and said you know what i'm not waiting any lower long for i'm not waiting longer for the for the son of promise i'm gonna take measures and things into my own hand sarah give me my slave give me give me that servant lady i'm gonna sleep with her and he could have done that he could have taken things in his own hand but david he didn't he he cut off his robe, and so Saul goes out of the cave, and David stands up on the opposite side of the cave. And what, is it, what does it say here? It says here, verse 9, verse 8, Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My Lord, the king! When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lift my hand against my master because he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. Oftentimes, ambition can lead to rebellion, right? It can lead to, well, we'll just have a secret meeting here. I'll meet with these influencers here, and I know it's not my time or it's not my moment, but maybe we can just speed things up along. I'll just, I'll just get things pushing forward. I've, I've been part of environments like that, and it's, that's not a healthy thing. You need to wait for God's timing, his plan, and his purpose. David says, it's not, this isn't some coup d'etat I'm planning here. I'm just... I'm just trying to hide. I just don't want to be killed. <laughs> God's called me to be king, but I don't want to be killed before that time comes. He says, may the Lord judge between you and me. And may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. 
So he says, you know, I trust God to handle this situation. He knows. He knows the truth. He knows that you're trying to come after me, and I'm trying to do the right thing. So I'm going to leave this up to God. I'm not going to take into my own hands with my own sword. If ambition leads you to pursuing the things of God with all of your heart, mind, and soul, then then be an ambitious man. Be an ambitious woman of God and see what God might do through your life. Be like David. He was ambitious. Man, God anointed him. He was going to be king. But you know what? Saul was standing in his way. But he says, you know what? I'm trusting God. I'm trusting his timing. I'm trusting his way. I'm trusting his purpose. Ambition can be a powerful tool to help you achieve all that God has for you. But if your ambition leads to disobedience, rebellion, and pride, then it must be corrected. If you feel like, man, I was on the right track, I was doing this, I was serving God with all my heart, I was ambitious to do what God called me to do, but somewhere along the way it led to pride, it led to disobedience, and that ambition now is heading in the opposite direction. It's time to say, you know what, we need to have a, a heart checkup. We need to have a, a life checkup at this crossroad of your life. You need to check that ambition in your heart and your life. Is it pointed in the right direction? Is your ambition, is that drive, is that pursuit pointed in the right direction? Or are you standing in that cave with your sword and that obstacle is right before you and you have a choice? What are you going to do? Are you going to take that moment into your own hands? Are you going to slay that king? Or will you trust God and his purposes for your life? Be careful who you listen to. David's friends were trying to persuade him. Hey, just, man, just do it. This is your time, David. This is the moment you've been waiting for. We've been praying for this moment. But God, but David knew. David knew it wasn't the right time. David could have rationalized it, right? He could have said, you know what? Yeah, this makes sense. This is point A, point B. He could have logically justified it. This is the right thing to do. But he knew it wasn't. He knew, even after just cutting off his robe, man, that was the wrong, I, I shouldn't have done that. And that's why David was a great example, because he was a flawed individual. He made mistakes. He was not the super, man, he lived this perfect, no, man, he made mistakes. Next week, we're going to talk about success and failure, how that can be something, it can be an obstacle for us if we're not careful. But David teaches us that, that it's about that heart. David's heart was a heart after God, not because he was perfect, but because when he made mistakes, he says, you know what, I made a mistake. I, I shouldn't have cut off the rope. I shouldn't have done that. King Saul, would you forgive me? King Saul, I'm not trying to hurt you. Who would apologize to someone who's trying to kill you, you know? That, just, that shows you David's heart, his, his tender heart, his heart after God. Man, I know if I was in the cave, if someone was trying to kill me, I'd be like, take you out first, you know? (laughs) 
But waiting for God's timing caused David to face another obstacle, and that's fear. Maybe it's not ambition that you struggle with or ambition that's standing that way, but maybe for you it's fear. It's the fear of the reality before you. It's the fear of the giant before you. It's the fear of hiding in that cave, and there's that obstacle standing before you. And you know that, you know that obstacle's trying to take you out. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, it's something in your life. It's a position. It's a circumstance. It's a mindset. It can lead to fear. David was running for his life because King Saul was trying with all his might to kill him. King Saul sent out 3,000 troops to hunt him down, right? He's like, here, we're David. Oh, let's, let's get out 3,000 troops. Let's go get David, you know? I think if this church was surrounded by 3,000 troops, I think some of us would fear, feel a little fearful, huh? You know? Okay, I'd fear, I'd feel a little, maybe you wake up late at night, you know, you're sleeping, it's 3 a.m., it's still dark out, and all of a sudden, SWAT team, 3,000, you know, SWAT team trucks or something surround your house and say, come out with your hands up. You'd be, you'd be a little fearful. I might have to go and relieve myself first, huh? <laughs> Chris is like, don't go there. Fear. He's standing up. He sees, he sees, I see King Saul like a bully, you know. When you read the story, he just, he reminds me of this insecure high school bully, you know. He's just like, man, I'm the big guy on campus, you know. He's so, he's so immature and insecure that he's, he's taking that out on this little, this little kid, you know. This little shepherd boy. He's just, he's just David, you know. So David is on one side, and King Saul's on the other side, and David's kind of saying, hey, you know, hey, Saul, and Saul's staring back at him, and there was this, this fear, and Saul, I just, I just picture this, this kind of high school bully battle going on, and, and David's, even his response is like, man, it reminds me of a junior hire, like, hey, man, I didn't do it, don't hurt me, you know. I, I I didn't do anything. To, I, it wasn't me. Where did he find his strength? Where did he find his fortitude? It was found in his resolve that God is in control. God is in control. David found strength in his faith in God. He knew that no matter what happened, God was in control. That the God of the universe, the all-powerful, all-sovereign God was in control and not King Saul. Because on human eyes, on a human level, it looked like King Saul was in control. He was in charge of the troops. He was in charge of the situation. He was in charge of the hunting. But David knew who was ultimately in control, and it was God. So fear might get you to, to get your eyes off of who's really in control. Are your eyes on the obstacle? Are your eyes on that Saul? Are your eyes on God, the one who is ultimately in control? When fear threatens to sidetrack your God-sized dreams, choose to trust 
and obey God because he is always in control. When fear threatens to sidetrack your God-sized dreams, choose to trust and obey God because he is always in control. So I challenge you, be ambitious for God. Be an ambitious man or woman of God pursuing the things of God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Don't let fear be an obstacle, but also don't let ambition drive you to the wrong things, pursuing the wrong things, listening to the wrong people. Let's be like David. When we serve God's purposes in our life, in our generation, then he calls us heavenward. Then he calls us onward. But until then, we serve him no matter what. We serve him. We, we pursue him with all of our heart. We serve him with all of our heart. We don't let any obstacle, any fear stand in the way of God's purpose for your life and for my life. Amen? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Jesus, we need you today. We need you, Lord. Maybe someone today is in that cave moment. You sense what God's called you to do. You sense where God's called you to go, and you're standing there, and maybe it's fear that's in your way, or maybe your ambition is driving you maybe to do the wrong thing, and, and the Holy Spirit today is just quickening in your spirit. Today, you need to make a correction. Today, you need to make a correction in your heart and in your life. You're in that cave moment. You're hiding. You're running for your life. And you know what? You, you like the easy thing to do is just to take out my sword and just cut my way out of this cave. The easy thing to do is just to take matters into my own hand. The easy thing to do is just to, to make that decision without truly asking you, God. Maybe you're listening to voices around you saying, Psst, now's your time. Psst, that's the way to go. Psst, do this. But you know in your heart what the right thing is to do. The Holy Spirit's been given to you to be also that convicting presence, convincing you of the right thing, convincing you of the right thing. And today, the Spirit is reminding you what the right thing is to do. responsible. Will we choose to do the right thing? Will we choose to obey God? Or will we listen to the voices whispering in our ears? Will we choose to obey God with all of our hearts? Or will we listen to the fears inside of our mind? Saying it's too tough. Saying it's too hard. It's only going to end in bloodshed. It's not going to happen. Choose to trust God. Choose, as we talked about on Wednesday, to put your faith into action through obedience. It's one thing to say, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe His purpose for me. Yeah, it's another thing to walk it out when times are tough when there's an enemy hunting you down, when there's a dark cave that you're hiding in. 
So Jesus, I pray today, I pray that you break the chains of depression today. I pray that you break the chains of addiction today, Lord Jesus. I pray that you bring victory, wholeness, peace. Lord, I pray that your presence would fill hearts and lives today, Lord Jesus. That the enemy would be defeated. That Jesus, you'd be glorified. You'd be exalted in our hearts and our lives today, Lord Jesus. If that's you, just stand at your feet. Lift a hand to the Lord and say, Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, fight that battle in my situation. Jesus, I trust you today. If you're struggling today, would you stand? Would you lift your hand and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you to fight that battle in my situation. Jesus, I want to take it into my own hands, but Lord, I know that I need to trust you. I need to obey you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, would you rescue me? Jesus, would you bring hope? Would you bring peace? Lord Jesus, would you bind up the brokenhearted today? Would you, would you release the captives today, Lord Jesus? Lord, this is the year of your favor, Lord. The enemy no longer has control, no longer has a foothold in our hearts, and our minds, and our lives. Jesus, we are more than conquerors through you, Lord Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Jesus, we need you, Lord. Bring freedom today. Bring liberty today. Bring hope today. Bring healing today. Maybe it's a physical infirmity in your body that you're struggling with. It's a sickness. Jesus, would you bring healing today? Lord, your word says, by your stripes. The cross wasn't just for our salvation here. The cross, the sacrifice, wasn't just for the atoning of our sins. The cross was for the healing of our bodies. So today, Jesus, would you bring healing to our physical bodies today? Jesus, would you, would you bring strength? Would you bring hope today? Would you bring healing today? Would you bring victory today? For you, it just starts with surrendering your life to Jesus. You've been trying to do it on your own, in your own strength. You've been trying to say, you know what, I kind of believe in God, but I'm just going to do my own thing. And today is that day that Jesus says, I want you. Jesus is saying to your heart, I want you to call me Lord. I want you to declare with your mouth to believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus came to bring salvation for your sins. And maybe today it's that acknowledgement. It's that surrender for you today. You're acknowledging your need of Him. You're surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've done the church thing, but today it's a, it's a surrender thing. Jesus says, would you surrender your life to me? Would you surrender your heart to me? 
He loves that you're here in church. He loves that you're here, but he wants your heart. He wants your heart today. He wants your heart surrendered to him. Jesus, I pray for those surrendering their lives to you today. That they would, like David said, they would acknowledge when they're wrong. They would know when they there's, there's a need in their heart. Would you raise up David's today, Jesus? A, gener- a new generation of, of young men, young women. Would you raise up men and women today, Jesus, that wouldn't be afraid to say, you know what, I need Jesus in my life. I need to be surrendered totally to him. someone this week and he was saying you know I'm not I'm not good enough to go to heaven and I said I'm not either that's why we need Jesus if it was about how good we were or what family we're born into or how we looked none of us would make it but we need Jesus Would you surrender to him today? Would you surrender your life to him today? Be my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your Surrender to him today. Breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your. Would you stand to your feet? Let's worship him today. Would you? My heart, I give you my soul, and I live for you.
need prayer, just come forward this morning. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And I live for you. your way. snake. 
Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your people, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence, teaching us, guiding us, leading us. Lord, help us to obey your word today, to be people that put our faith and our trust in you, to listen to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, to have a passion for you, to pursue you with all of our heart, Lord Jesus, to not allow fear to be an obstacle, to not allow ambition to drive us to the wrong direction. Lord Jesus, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to follow you each and every day in pursuit of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome rest of your day today.